This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life. And that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. A licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. This is Stu and yeah, it's Jeffy. Uh, still, still there, still there. We try, uh, try we, as we, we may, trying to get him removed. Uh, try so as we far, may. no but, luck. Uh, no, awful. The thing is, they, they can't get the crane into the building yet to get him out. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the problem right there. So uh, uh, nothing funnier than logistics <laughs> that are real, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing funnier. And of course, what we mean by all that is, can we can we go to the Jeffy shot again? Is that, <laughs> that yes? Okay, that he's thing. fat. He's fat. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay, uh, so I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty sure they got that. Pretty sure they got that. Pretty sure they got that. You got? You think? Yeah, pretty sure. All right. I was uh, watching an older clip of us uh, the other day. Mm-hmm. And, oh, um, me too. You know, I what's thing that you know, wine uh, cheese improves with age. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we have two. Yeah. Is that what you're kind of? Is that where you're going? It wasn't so, where I was going. And exactly. So have we. And so, so have we. Like a fine wine. Yeah, like a fine wine that got overheated. <laughs> yeah. Sitting in the sun. Starting to bulge out of that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> 
<laughs> uh, sad news today. Uh, Alan Combs uh, passes away, age 66. Uh, he's best known for Hannity and Combs, of course, uh, for many, many years at Fox News Channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, also had a radio show, I believe, uh, and did you know uh, lots of guest appearances on Fox as well. Yeah, he was a um, Fox contributor, I think, till the end. Yeah, till the end. Um, so really sad and really yeah. out of nowhere. He was 66 years old. Um, he uh, had... He had a a situation where he was um, uh, tweeting um, and and such, you know, up until his death and actually after his death because of uh, I guess scheduled tweets. Now, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, there are social media managers and such that that are controlling accounts like that. So I don't, I don't know that he was. They didn't seem like they were personalized tweets from Alan Combs. But it's weird to see that because you go. I mean, that's kind of the first thing you do now. Mm-hmm. If, if someone passes away, you go to their Twitter account to see what the last kind of thing they said publicly was, um, and you know it was just. But it wasn't anything personal uh, from Combs. His they did announce on his uh, web page and on his uh, Twitter feed uh, that he had passed away. So really, uh, it really sucks. I mean, you know, I will say that's that it's really Col- sad. Now, yeah. obviously, we didn't agree with any probably anything he ever yeah, said. Pretty much nothing. I, I, I mean, there's just nothing. To agree with Alan on, he he had extreme liberal views, and and we didn't agree with him. But but nice guy. I mean, universally, everybody says he was a nice guy. I'm not sure I ever met him. I think he was on our show. He was on the radio show, but I think it was. Remember in New York, didn't we have him on? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I think it was by phone. Glenn so. got along with him pretty well. Yeah, he did. Uh, we did because we even yeah. joked with him about it, right? Yeah, we did because we did that wandering eye thing. You know, remember that? I do. <laughs> I do kind of remember that, yes. <laughs> and he laughed about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing about Alan Combs was he didn't take himself so seriously that he, you know, couldn't joke around. And he, and he did. He was yeah. just, a, just a good guy. So it's uh, really sad. So yeah. our thoughts and prayers with, with his family and friends today. Um, 888-727-BECK. Ellen DeGeneres says that uh, the Trump transgender order is, quote, not okay, unquote, as LGBT groups protest the White House. Well, if she says it's not okay, then... Well, she also says transgender is just a state of mind, right? Remember, she said that it was was the way you feel in your in your head. I Mm -hmm. believe was the way she said that, which uh, was uh, interesting to me because that's not what I understood uh, from what we were supposed to uh, talk about when it comes to that. But from Ellen, uh, Mm -hmm. that's what she said. I I like Ellen a lot, though. She says, uh, "Just seeing the news about removing uh, the laws protecting trans people. This isn't about politics. It's about human rights, and it's not okay." Um, The way this is being phrased, you'll see it everywhere. Protections. Why? Why? Why don't people? why don't the rest of us have any human rights? Why, why is it only the transgenders that have the human rights? Why is it only they cannot be offended or made to feel a certain way? Specifically with this bathroom thing. doesn't mean mm-hmm. bullcrap that we feel a certain way or that any of the women with a man coming in feel a certain way. That doesn't matter at all. Doesn't matter. Only the transgender feelings matter here and they're the only human rights at issue. Just, I, how did we get here? And, and also, we should not The act. majority means nothing. I mean, absolutely zero. Now, should the majority crush minorities? Of course not. Nobody says that. No, that's why we're not a democracy in this country. However, we should have some say. We should have some <laughs> consideration. Well, there's never... Uh, the only time raw numbers really matter, Pat, is when you're talking about the popular vote uh, that yeah, Hillary Clinton that's, won. That's, that's true. The, any other time, uh, that doesn't matter at all, apparently. Um, but it, we shouldn't act... And this is, a, this is typical of what's going on with Donald Trump right now. And it's something liberals should watch themselves on. They won't, but they should. 
I can understand Ellen thinking, you know, I don't know that Ellen is all that engaged with the with the comings and goings of these types of things. I don't know how, you know, she might not watch it extremely closely. But let's put this into perspective for a second. Mm-hmm. This is a brand new thing that just existed, right? It was It was never in place before. They put it into place very recently. What did it do? What did what did and again? This is just Obama doing it uh, via decree, as typical of the Obama administration. So, but it was very recent. So he went through mm-hmm. almost his entire administration with this not happening. Okay, let's be honest about this. He did it in the last year of his administration. What did it do? Nothing. All it did was advise. Uh, public schools that they should do this uh, treat the uh, the bathroom issue as liberals want it treated, right? And there was a withholding of federal funds. And that to it. right, exactly. So there was a withholding. So it didn't actually make them do anything. It just mm-hmm. said, if you don't do this, we may withhold funds from you. So no, no, and this and that didn't happen to anyone. No schools mm-hmm. uh, had their funds withheld because of this. So there was absolutely no actual difference that happened with this rule. In addition, it doesn't prevent any state from saying the exact same thing to public schools in their state. It just throws it back to the states where all your liberal states can all handle it the way they want to handle it. It just means the federal government won't withhold funds, which, by the way, is probably illegal anyway, uh, as was ruled in the, uh, in the uh, Obamacare case as it related to Medicare, where they said these penalties where you're constantly trying to uh, influence policy by withdrawing funds is actually not allowed. Whether it would apply here or not, we don't know. Um, but it very well may have been overturned by the Supreme Court anyway uh, as, it, as it went up there. So, I mean, literally nothing happened here. And this is the case with, with the Trump administration and, and, and the way these things are being handled. You have to, Trump, I promise you, will do a lot of crap that will be real. Mm. Wait for it to occur. Don't just freak out about every little thing, because then when something real occurs, you're not going to have any impact at all. And right now, the, the left and the media is going down this road where they freak out over every little thing that happens. This, look, I can understand if you're a transgendered person where you're saying, well, you know, it looked like we took a step, again, from, from that perspective. It looked like we took a step in the right direction, and now we're taking a, a, a step back. You have to acknowledge, though, number one, it was an almost invisible step in the right direction if you were with this movement. It did almost nothing. You know, it really did. It didn't, mm-hmm. it didn't accomplish anything. It didn't affect the policy of one school that we know of. It, they never withdrew funds from any of these schools. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, that's a big part of it. Number two, the step back will still allow you to go through the states and get it done the way the country's supposed to run anyway. The way the right country was designed to run was a federalist system in which these things were supposed to happen through the states. So if California wants to say, you know what, you're only able to go to the opposite gender of the one you were born at, they could do that. It's just that this is just removing that guidance away. And remember for a second that Donald Trump is absolutely the most pro-LGBTQIAP president in American history um, certainly for Republicans, but in American history as he takes office. Remember, Barack Obama took office as an opponent of gay marriage. Okay? Absolutely, Donald Trump is the most pro-LGBTQIAP president in American history at the point he takes office. And they act as if he's Hitler on this issue. There is no evidence of this. The man kept in place 
the, uh, the executive order on, on gays uh, in, uh, in from the White House. He kept that one in place. He's uh, talked often about about these mm. issues in a in a you know defending you know partially when he was going against Islam. It's been one of the big things he's talked about when he's talked about Islamic extremist countries, is saying that one of the really horrible things they do are, are treat gays poorly. Um, his son, his daughter, and his son-in-law are very um, uh, very well aligned here uh, with uh, the values of the left on these issues. It makes no sense to go crazy over these things. I don't understand why they're doing it. I mean, I, you know, it's just an amazing, it's an amazing turn of events, I think. And they're going to keep doing it. They're, they're just going to keep doing it. I mean, it, it's so bad that Keith Ellis, uh, Ellison, Keith Ellison, who's the, potentially the next head of the DNC, has said that day one Trump did impeachment-type offenses. Yeah. yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's just it's it's madness. They're so unhinged over this. Yeah, that and and, and any time we spoke out against Barack Obama, whose policies we absolutely abhorred, uh, whose Marxist tendencies we we couldn't stand or, or, and abide. And the guy seemed like he didn't he wasn't super loyal to the country, he had no affinity necessarily towards he was the least pro-American, American president in history. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. He was the least pro-American. Now, does that mean he was anti-American? No, but he was the least pro-American. He was the least rah-rah, uh, I love this country guy that we've ever elected to well, the office. I mean, I think that was and, proven when he came out and said, uh, hey, you know, is Vladimir Putin a murderer? Uh, no, well, we've got a lot of murderers here. Look at what we've done. We're not so innocent. Yeah, yeah we're not so innocent. That was that, that was a great. I mean, that proved it. That was. I mean, that was Obama. That was that was Trump. But uh, but you know. So, oh, what? I, uh, yeah. So, but up until recently, I think. I could... Yeah. Uh, so anyway, every time we said anything <laughs> negative about Obama, it, it was the end of the world. But these guys are so unhinged. I mean, they, yeah. they'd like to string up Donald Trump already. And he really hasn't done anything yet. Terrible. He hasn't done anything terrible that I know of. Mm. What has he done? I mean, from a liberal point of view, what has he done to cur- curtail liberal agenda he hasn't even done anything on obamacare yet he hasn't done anything i'm really on the border hasn't really done anything yet. on the he's border tra- he, didn't, I mean, he left daca in place daca in place i mean now look he's done some things I, and, and you know the argument from people like rush limbaugh for example yesterday um as it was reported uh he basically said yeah you know daca is okay if you can get the other stuff that you need um so <sighs> I, that's the argument now i think they're saying like he can't i think his argument was it's going to be such a problem um, with crying children being deported from the country politically, that you should just try to get what you can and leave that if alone. If you can get everything else, right? Mm. Then the children, uh, the dreamers, and their parents, mm-hmm. let them stay. So that's an, that's an, that's another viewpoint. So <laughs> yes, um, it is. Uh, yes, by the way, can we just le- t- say this and leave it here for for the moment? Uh, Keith Ellison came out and tweeted about uh, uh, and, and was talking about how anti-Semitic D- Donald Trump might be or why he's not. Uh, you know, saying these things, uh, not denouncing the, the crap that's gone on with, with uh, many Jewish uh, areas uh, in the last uh, few months. I don't know if Keith Ellison's the one to, to lecture us about anti-Semitism. No, that, I, don't, I don't think he is. It doesn't seem like the... Yeah, that doesn't seem... Of all the messengers, I... 
Mm-hmm. Maybe not the best. No. But no. the liberals, they're doing this again with, uh, with the environment. The same thing. Now, again, you have Scott Pruitt, who is the EPA chief. He's going to be much better than anyone Barack Obama ever had. I'm, I'm excited. It's one of, one of his better appointments, Trump's better appointments, I think. Uh, but the people uh, on the left, the protesters now in North Dakota, where Trump has already had an executive order about this pipeline, they're protesting it. They had to leave. Mm-hmm. Now they're burning. They're burning all their trash at the campsite. Uh, amazing. 100 demonstrators refusing to leave the Dakota Access Pipeline. Um, mm-hmm. Nonsense. This goes back to February. Um, I mean, it goes back even further. That goes back to Obama, really. Um, but they are very upset. And the Indian, the Native, sorry, the Native Americans Thank there. You. I got that right. Thank you. Uh, the Native Americans there are pissed off because... It's a, it's, they've turned their land into a giant trash heap, much worse than having a nice mm-hmm. little pipeline go through there. Uh, you know, pi- a pipeline mm-hmm. goes through. What happens? In theory, it could spill at some point, theoretically. Uh, guaranteed, if it does, the reason for that will probably be someone intentionally attacking the pipeline. But we'll throw that to the side for a second. Because, um, I mean, I'd, you know, you could start with your suspect list of the people who are camping there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, if that were to happen, look, this is, this is happening. They've been camping there for a long time, and they've basically destroyed the area. that they, The reason they were protesting it was because they didn't want it to be destroyed. At least that's what we were told. Now, some of the Native Americans there actually care about the land, um, unlike most of the protesters that have been shipped in to that area. Yeah, uh, they've they've left a lot of trash all over the place. Do you remember? Maybe you don't remember this, Stu, but Jeffy certainly will. There was a '70s ad <laughs> where there was a Native American. There's an Indian standing there in full oh, headdress yeah. Very and, famous, and full garb. Super famous. One of the most famous commercials of all time. <laughs> yeah, probably looking out over the landscape, yeah. and there was trash, kind of litter everywhere, and and a single Just teardrop, a tear. single tear uh, streaming down his cheek because they were polluting his land. And then these Dakota Indians are just trashing this place. And then they're doing weird things like setting their own teepees on fire. Yeah, everything was burning. That seems counterproductive to me. Why are you setting your own home on fire? What is that about? I don't know that I really understand that (laughs) whole thing. I think, too, a lot of this has not been the the actual people, Native Americans from the land. It's been people who are just, you know, hippies, uh, annoying protesters just showing up. Some of them are the Native Americans, but some of them are opportunists who just will protest anything. This particular land is not... On the Indian reservation, I believe this is where the, I mean this is where. But this is an Osseti uh, Sakawin camp, though. So right. at least the one we're talking about here. So shut up, Jeffy. Um, <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> the pipeline doesn't. I'll, I'll remind you that the pipeline doesn't go through the. Uh, it Indian does, does it go through the Osseti Sakawin area? Do you know? Area? Yes. Okay. Yes. Then that's shut exactly, up. It's, it's a no. great point. I mean, it is, shut up. As, as usual, and, and I still want to say shut up to you, but right. I mean, as usual, that point is not talked about very often. Correct. Uh, the actual details of the track of this is not really talked about. No. Um, but, you know, look, that's this interesting, is... Interesting, man. Pipelines are not... This is, these are not disasters. Uh, you know, we're pretty good at this. The not old, at all. Uh, you know, I mean, they're I, like, well, there's, there's some spills. Well, there have been spills at uh, times. Very rare. In fact, really, one of the most... I can't think of one. Right. There, there was a story that just came out about a bunch of spills that happened. Yeah. Um, from pipelines? From fracking. Yes. Um, uh, um, it was more fracking huh. related. 
But still, I mean, yes, you have some spills here and there. However, it's that's, they're very minor. I mean, really, no. when you have a big one, trust me, the media will be there to tell you about it. You know, when you have when the thing that happens in the BP spill, they were they had a camera. They were showing 24 hours a day in the bottom corner of the screen, showing oil come out at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, and by the way, what happened to that? Yeah. Uh, the ocean they've, ate it. The ocean. Oh no, they've shut down the Gulf of Mexico. They no. did. Gulf no. of oh, Mexico wow. no, really is shut down. I, I was telling my kids there, and now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> uh, I was watching this with my boys uh, a month or two ago, and uh, it was the um, what's the name? Deepwater Horizon. Yeah. And I said, you know, what's interesting about this is after the spill, which was huge, it was gigantic, and it started heading out to deeper waters. And they showed this gigantic oil spill and what they were trying to treat it with and how there was nothing they could do about it. And now it was just going to kill millions and millions and millions of sea life. And then it started getting smaller and smaller and smaller. All of a sudden, it's gone. It just, it just dissipated. The earth has a way where it kind of recycles stuff. I don't know if you know this, but the oil comes from the earth. And so when it goes back to the earth, the earth takes care of it. It's well, an amazing it's an amazing process, but this is a a more complex and and a a, a more resilient place than we give it credit for. Yeah, and look, it did take a lot of cleanup. It did take a lot of money. It did affect some businesses. It, for a good year, I mean, you know, the travel was hurt there. There I mean, look, that's not nothing. Uh, BP paid for uh, this. Uh, they paid a lot of money yeah. uh, to do this. Of course, there's, you know, but I guarantee you. the majority of it was taken care of by the ocean itself. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't the have a stat in front of me, but there was a, uh, there was a stat that, it, we, you know, at the time when this happened, um, the amount of water that comes into the Gulf of Mexico um, from rivers and, and such is so, in, it's so incredibly insane uh, that, you know, it, even if you just left it there and just closed the thing, it's going to dissipate pretty quickly yeah. Uh, because it's just there's so much water coming in all the time. It, it just like if you had a little bit of oil at the bottom of a cup and you poured a bunch of water into it, you'd notice it for a while. But if you kept pouring water and the, the bigger the body of water is, eventually you wouldn't Unless really notice, notice it. it. Now, look, I'm not saying there was nothing there. It was a big deal. But, I mean, that's the only one, right? Like, I mean, the Val- then you're going back to Valdez. You're like, oh, well, what about that guy who was, like, drunk or fell asleep and crashed in, a- in, a- in Alaska? Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, it does occasionally happen. That was, by the way, neither you know, that was not a, a a pipeline at all. The other one was at a, a drilling uh, platform. Um, you know, these things can happen. It's not right. without and risk. Some people at all. died on the platform. I mean, it cost it, it, oh, it, it, it cost lives. Yeah. Oh, it was people. a big deal. But oh, that, I'm talking deal. about environmentally. Huge deal. Yes. Um, you know, it's and the, the other thing is, do you know there's oil leaks in the ocean every single oh, yeah. day? Natural seepage. Yeah. Um, I mean, there can't it's be. called the ocean floor and oil comes out of mm-hmm. it every day, yep. Yep. all day. Are you positive about that? <laughs> yes, I is am, there, Is there proof of that? Oh, there think, is proof of that. Uh, yes. I don't think you really want to question his knowledge. I believe it's going to be featured in a future episode of Leakages. As, uh, I apologize. Fat Gray. Thank you. For the, I guess uh, I'll just shut up. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, give away too much here, right. Pat. But you know I know you you've been working on this project oh, for, for a while. A while. For a while. Uh, a reasonable amount of time. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the budget is larger than the BP oil spill cleanup right. at this point. $795 trillion. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
encounter. I, I, need, I meant to ask so, you about that. I mean, leakages is like a, just a government agency now. It just sucks money and it won't wow, go away. Wow, I, I take offense to that. Whoa, Jimmy. whoa, whoa. I, I sucks money and won't go away. Wow. Well, that first hurts. of all, it's, that hurts. it's leading Without to Without producing anything. <laughs> how, how can it go away when it won't even show up? That's, <laughs> what, that's what you got to ask yourself. <laughs> Your show is, uh, well, we'll see. It's soon. Oh, you're, it's going to be worth the wait. Soon, Soon yes. Uh, what, do you have a date it's yet? Be worth no, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, why would a date does, spoil it? Why would you it? put would that a... kind of pressure on me to pin me down to a specific date? <laughs> yeah, this thing you should come uh, up with. At How, this like, point, can we do a year? Wow. Just a year? Any, pick a no, year? We can't, we can't, no. <laughs> <laughs> but we can. Here's what we can do. Okay. We can take a positive step towards self-reliance. Uh, with my Patriot supply. Ah, okay. That's what yes. we can do. What if, what if there's a, what if there's a pipeline going through your, uh, your area, and you know it's just going to explode at any time, right? And it's oh gonna my trap gosh. you, and you're going to have to react to that. Uh, or uh, you, you know, know what I'd do? I'd set my house on fire. That's that's, what well, I'd do. Yes, you start with house, you're setting your house on fire. But actually, this would be good, and I'm sure that my Patriot first, supply. I'd litter the area with all kinds of trash. Okay. I'd set that on fire. Okay. Then I'd burn down my house. Okay. Well, you might handle things a little bit differently <laughs> than some. I would say for my Patriot supply, uh, while mm-hmm. um, this is not the way they advertise, it would have been smart if you if you went to my Patriot supply for ninety nine dollars before you went to go protest in North Dakota. Yeah. You'd have uh, a month's worth of food taken care of. Uh, that actually is good food. Who God only knows what they were eating up there. Oh, Here's yeah. really good food. Uh, if you're going to go protest a pipeline, call my Patriot Supply. Or if you're sane, call my Patriot Supply. And it's it's ninety nine dollars, less than a hundred bucks for a four week supply. I mean, you, you just can't beat this. I, I hope that you finally stop thinking about doing it and actually make the call today. 888-411-5290. 888-411-5290. Four eleven fifty two ninety, or go to preparewiththeblaze.com. That's preparewiththeblaze.com. This is very important. <laughs> the balloon on my ceiling is still on my ceiling. Oh, no. Uh, we're now over a month. A freaking month. There it is. Day 34, from what I understand. Uh, yes. On the screen. Now, that Y, it's a Y balloon. It was the Y in the word boy, which was for my sister in law's uh, baby shower, which happened on January 21st. Uh, it is now February <laughs> 22nd. They don't usually last that long. Oh, no, and I, I don't. It's it, like a. What do they call those? Krylon balloons, right? Oh, yeah. And they're filled with helium. And then, but that helium usually leaks out of it, yeah. and then they just kind of sink to the ground. Another episode of leakages, I think. You yes, have coming up on this. Right. So, Can we right. get a date on that one? Yeah, you got a year after that. Don't stop trying to pin me down on this. You're, <laughs> decade, you're messing with the you? the creative process. So could be in the next de- decade. Could maybe not. So I don't you won't know. even commit to the 2020s. It, it could be the 2020s. It very well may be. But what about the? You but again, s- let's go back okay. to the so balloon. So the balloon is on the ceiling. <laughs> And I think I'm wanting now to take uh, wagers. Um, I mean, we need to come up with a good prize. Uh, that some... thing's got to stop. Start coming down soon. <laughs> it doesn't look like... Soon. Because you know you can kind of tell like, like it yeah. gets a little separation when the yeah. wet air flows. There's no separation. Yeah, there's no... Well, I mean, is that a recent picture? Or is that... Yeah, it was, it was yesterday, I think. Or last night, I think. Or maybe well, two then, nights ago. Because that looks like it's showing no signs. <laughs> No such of leakage. <laughs> and as an expert in leakages, you would know. It's amazing. Uh, so this is a pretty uh, intense uh, thing. I'm updating How this on Facebook. How high is that ceiling? 18 feet? I don't know. 20? I mean, 
Yeah, something like that, right? It's two floors. Like it's open to, from the floor to the ceiling with two right. with two floors there. So I would have thrown something at it by now. Well, so I there's mean, you can two, bring it a ladder. So two things I hear. You can't do the ladder because look at if you can kind of see see these little uh, chandeliers on the wall there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going up a staircase, so you can't. I mean, uh, you'd have to, to put, put ladder a ladder on. on the stairs to well, do it. Or I mean, don't you have the extended? Uh, yes, you cannot reach it with. I have an extender for the changing cleaner. the light for the light yeah. bulbs. It will not reach. Really? So there's only two things. So people, every time I post one of these pictures, people suggest ways to get it down. Mm-hmm. Right. BB so, gun. Uh, so yeah, yeah, number one, BB gun, which I cannot shoot a BB gun at my freaking ceiling and crown moldings or whatever the hell those things are right. called. Yeah, you I know. can't do that. There's going to be I, a. I'm going to miss rental property. It's, too, a, right? I also am a renter. Uh, B. Who's going to see the BB shot up there? Yeah, I don't want to, but I don't want to damage the thing. There's no reason. Someone, several people have suggested something that is absolutely a brilliant idea um, and would work. However, at this point, I just want to know how long it's going to stay up there. But the idea is, you take, you go get another balloon. Right yeah. with a string on it, uh-huh. and then put t- two-sided tape on the top, and you float it up to the top, and then bring it right back that down. That absolutely would work. That's, that's, that's a brilliant a idea. idea. Yeah, that's smart. However, it ruins the bit. So uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do that's that because I want to know how long it's going to take. Do you have down. to have a really long string? Because that's yeah, but I mean, high up there. yeah, you, but I mean, you know, string is relatively inexpensive. I think I have a ladder that goes on stairs. Yeah. You know, you got to get those special ones. Sure, that, right. Or, and but I don't know if it would reach that high. Also, Are you sure your sure. light changer thing won't reach that high? Those yeah. things, I have one that extends quite a way. The one, at least the, I'm sure they exist. But even if that did happen, I, mean, I guess you could put tape on it as well. Same same premise. Put tape mm-hmm. on the other side. Because you wouldn't be able to really like... I mean, I could bat it towards the where I'm standing when taking this picture. I could bat it that way. And then I could get it from, maybe for the ceiling. Plus, it's not really... It's not all that bothersome. No, it's not. I'm just really right. interested. It's, just interesting. It's, it's funny now. I mean, 34 yeah. days just up there. It's just I, hanging up there. If you wanted it to last that long, it wouldn't. Not oh, no. Chance, so you know? the, the backstory of this is when I went to get these balloons, I went to uh, Kroger to get the helium put in them. And as I was standing there at the counter and they were filling my balloons, a woman walked up and she said, I have, a, uh, I have an event tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Um, if I get it filled now, will it last till tomorrow? Um, and the guy said, well, what, when is it tomorrow? He's like, she's like, I don't know, it's tomorrow afternoon, like kind of like early evening. And he's like, oh, no, no, I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> so the guy behind the things told wow. this woman yeah. that wow. it wouldn't last one day. And, and here we are day, day 34, 34 on my ceiling. You should go back and tell him how good a job he did. It's <laughs> a great job. It's lasted 34 freaking days. Pretty amazing. Actually, it's, they're it's not impressive. supposed to last that long. I mean, that could cost him his job. They're, yeah. Because <laughs> now no one's going to come back for it. Yeah, like, maybe. Maybe I could sell it to the next person who's having a Y. Do you need a Y? Uh, do you have a, do anyone need a, a silver side Y balloon? This thing will last forever. Right, a Y scenario. balloon? Uh, another story I absolutely love, and it also has to do with things in the sky, and that's uh, the seven Earth-sized planets that we just discovered the other day um, orbiting a nearby star. Now, by nearby, <laughs> we're not talking like just past the moon a little ways. Okay. Very close. You will get there in four days. Uh, this is 40 light years away. But just the 40. So uh, 40 stinking light years away, which means at the speed of light, it takes 40 years to get there. It's 240 trillion miles from Earth. Uh, but there is, there's the seven planets, and, and here's the Earth and how they compare in size. And they look about the right size. Three of the planets are in what they call sort of the Goldilocks area where they're not too hot, not too cold. Mm. So they think that there can be liquid water, which leads to life. 
And because so, e, both E and F kind of look like, uh, maybe even a little bit of D, but E and F uh, up there look like, you know, they could have some they, water They on look them. like habitable planets. Right. And three of them are supposed to be potentially habitable. Now, this, you know, am I, is it weird for me to, to be surprised that we wouldn't know about seven planets that are 40 light years away? I mean, I, I, it feels like well, we've it, mapped things out a little bit. It's hard to find them because you have to, the way they do this generally, like 75% of the time is they're looking through a telescope somewhere uh, in space. It's either the, the, I think it's called the, the Kellner Space Satellite or, or the Hubble. And mm-hmm. so they have to see the star and then they have to see something pass in front of the star that causes the light to kind of flicker or whatever. And then they think, oh, okay, that's a planet. And then they follow it for a while and then they realize when things go through it, it that's a planet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, but I mean, and they only have so much money. Because from 240 trillion miles away, it's hard to see something that small. You think? And they're not. And they're not. Um, I'm not saying they're not stars. Easy. They're planets. Yeah, I'm not saying it's easy. So it's they just, have their. They, they don't, don't have their, their own light lit, lit up, right? Yeah. Uh, it, they'd have to be. I mean, you might it's look right at light. it, and it might be. You might even see a time where in the you documentary can't pick them up. Uh, right. Armageddon, they were surprised uh, when they finally saw the uh, the asteroid. Well, uh, that was one of the reasons why I, it felt weird. Right. Like it, it felt like a plot hole. That like, how would they not know? Because it's coming I mean, our way. But quote, I guess it's true. I mean, to quote the head of NASA at the time no, in the documentary, he said, head of NASA. Big ass sky. So, big ass sky. That's good science there. That's good science. That's powerful. <laughs> By the way, I mean, it's the Kepler telescope. and uh, Kepler, I mean, yeah, not Kepler. No. I mean, you look like an idiot Kepler. there, obviously, when you did that. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to call you out, but uh, we how did you find right. that? Somebody say <laughs> that in your oh, ear? Oh, totally. I've never Kepler. heard of it. Okay. <laughs> Hubble, um, I've heard of, not Kepler. <laughs> uh, this is interesting because you look at the days they, it takes to orbit the, the sun. Uh, one and a half days for B, 2.42 days for C, 405, 610, 921. Yeah. So their days. The, worst, the, the longest one is 20 days. Orbit. Which is a quarter of what Mercury takes to go around the sun. It must be a small star, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that can't. So it takes us 365 days to, you know, go around our sun. You know what's weird about that? It's the same like as a year. It's like a year. Isn't that bizarre? So there are the odds of that. How old would you be on a planet that orbits every one and a half days? You'd be really old. Really old. I mean, Jeffy. Really old. You'd be Jeffy age. Right. Like, you know, a normal person would live to be Jeffy's age. Scary. That's really scary. Think of that. (laughs) Um, Now, that's interesting because you like the space stuff. I really do. You're into the space stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's kind of like a Pat Gray pet story a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, you didn't know the Kepler. I mean, obviously, he doesn't know that much about it if you can freaking identify the Kepler telescope, right? But uh, <laughs> other than that, I mean, you're interested. This is an interest point for you. Let yes. me go to one of my pet stories here before we take a break. All right. Uh, Philadelphia. Not the Eagles, shockingly, but the soda tax. I'm starting to come around to the, the, the view now that this pe- the Philadelphia soda tax is actually a good thing. And here's why. It's going so badly. I know, I love that. That maybe it will shake other cities from trying to do it. Maybe. I love it. Um, this is incredible from reason. Um, when you uh, Basic law of e- economics. When you tax something, you get less of it. Philadelphia is getting a crash course in what that looks like. A little less than two months after the city imposed a new tax on sugary drinks, sales of those beverages are down. 
way, way down. And revenue collections are as well. So who are they hurting? Right. They're hurting the small business owners yep. who mm-hmm. have a convenience store that depended on that money. One of the largest beverage distributors, and it's not just the people uh, who own the place, it's people working there. Right. One of the lar- largest uh, beverage distributors is planning to cut 20% of its workforce. My God, 20%. That's a a big number. And grocery stores across the city are planning to shed jobs to make up for declining sales. It appears that the tax is causing some shoppers to drive beyond the city's borders, of course, in order to get their groceries. Obviously said. Of course you would do that. I mean, we talked about that at the time with just the city tax. Our studios, when we did the show in Philly, were located across the street from the actual city of Philadelphia. It was called City Line Avenue. We were on the other side of it in Ballackinwood. And the reason we did that is because inside you had giant taxes that this, you had to pay in the city, and you didn't have to pay them in Ballackinwood. So the, the Ballackinwood side of that road is lined with companies. Yeah. Because they all want to be near enough to Philly to, to go into it if they need to uh, and do business there, but they don't want to actually be to, in Philly. To give you an idea of how far people will go out of their way for taxes, and, and just going across to Ballackinwood isn't that far. No. It's when I lived in Montana, they, they imposed a huge tax on cigarettes, as they've done all over the country. But I think it seems like Montana was one of the first to really do this. And it was egregious. It was a lot. And so people would drive 250 miles to the Indian Reservation to buy the cigarettes there where the tax wasn't in force mm-hmm. and then just stock up for six months or a year yep. and then bring them all back and save money that way. Oh, yeah. Uh, so are you telling me people aren't going to drive five miles to not pay that soda tax? Yeah. I mean, of it, course they are. Of course. Uh, you know, we sound the same thing in New Jersey. <laughs> I lived on the New Jersey-Pennsylvania border. And if you, I don't remember the arrangement of which way it was, but one side had lots of advertisements for cigarettes and the other side had lots of advertisements for alcohol, if I remember right. It was something like that, where like everyone would go to one side to buy one thing and come back to the other side to buy the other. We live, yeah. we do the show yeah. here in uh, Irving, Texas. Um, Los Colinas uh, is the part of it. Um, but Irving, Texas is a dry city. And that doesn't mean what it used to mean, um, but there are no liquor stores no in liquor Irving, stores Texas. Here. It's against yeah. the law. Oh, really? So, yeah, so you go down uh, a road uh, a couple miles from here, you cross that line, and what do you find? Liquor Two stores. giant liquor stores where everyone in this town goes <laughs> to get their liquor. It didn't stop anyone from buying liquor. Oh, it's just man. everyone now drives and gives the money to whatever town that is. Uh, I don't know which one it is on the other side there, if it's da- you know, Dallas, it's I guess. probably Dallas. Um, yeah, and so everyone goes there and buys the liquor there, and then it comes back to Irving. So now they have to get in the car to get liquor. This is a good thing, right? We're encouraging that behavior. And then they bring it back and, and hopefully wait till they get home and drink it there. And it never works. But listen to this. This is a real. This is a real. This is a real thing. Really hurting people in Philadelphia. In 30 years of business, there's never been a circumstance in which we've had sales decline to any significant wow. amount. Jeff Brown, chief executive officer of Brown Superstores, told Bloomberg, "I would describe the impact as nothing less than devastating. This is going yeah, so go, badly that maybe." Other cities will actually say, wow, we got to stay away from this one. I hope so. I hope so. No kidding. And it, it, it sounds like it's going so badly that, that uh, they better reverse that trend. They better, they better remove the tax. Yeah, I, I, it might happen. Seriously. They, we're, we're talking to, uh, and we, uh, uh, one of our, we were talking about um, Hank's uh, Diet Root Beer, mm-hmm. uh, my favorite. And you mm-hmm. like the, I love the orange and cream uh, mm-hmm. flavor they have. Uh, great soda Not company. the diet. I just like the regular. Yeah, you have the regular. Um, Fully leaded. 
But they're great sodas, no matter what. Yeah, and, uh, delicious. And they're you know they're available and not everywhere, I don't think, but in a lot in, in a lot of places. Um, it's it's delicious, and, but they're based in Philadelphia. And uh, oh, are they? Yeah, and you know they're they uh, the guys who uh, uh, Lori and Tony they own you know you know the people who actually like do this for a living have to deal with this tax every yeah. day. It's killing them too. Oh it's boy, it's hurting. We'll see, and well, hopefully it will uh, it will make some noise because they just reported today. I don't know if you had reported it earlier that they brought in more tax money from it than they had planned on. Uh, they just really? reported, yeah, an income of uh, the the tax brought in. Well, I mean, look from the sales. No, I know. Yeah, I know. But I mean, that the first month was almost more than double what they projected. What? Really? Because probably yeah. a lot of people are still saying, "Ah, oh, screw it, I need a soda." That's not going to last, though. People, That's those right. things affect right. long term. Right. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, again, if the idea is to get as much money to the government so they can centrally plan your life as possible, then yes, raising mm-hmm. taxes is the thing to do. Um, if you live in a country where freedom is is, is at uh, a premium, and you live in a country where you're supposed to be able to do the things that you want to do in your own life and spend your money the way you're, you want to spend it, uh, you know, this is not a good thing. The That's problem really is quaint. That's a quaint point of view. It is a quaint point of view. Yeah. The problem with this stuff is, as we've seen with mm-hmm. Obamacare now, when you say, well, what Republicans are going through this process right now. Well, I don't know. What do we do? We got we got to get rid of we got to get replace that tax revenue. You mean the one you just created a couple years ago? You got to replace yeah, it now? It's crazy. Now they're going to have to raise taxes so somewhere stupid. else if they get rid of this thing. Oh, I don't know. All right, triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up in a second. Um, you know, I've mentioned this multiple times. I am uh, a snob now about water, mm-hmm. and I, I will not drink water from the tap. I, I just won't do it. I, w- I went to my daughter's house. Uh, a few weeks ago, and I'm like, uh, where's your bottled water? We don't have any, Dad. We can't afford bottled water. I'm like, are you expecting me <laughs> to drink water from the tap? <laughs> Can I make a prediction here? Um, a wonderful present uh, to your daughter will be the Alexa, the Alexa Pure, Pure picture. picture. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, I mean, wow. Hey, wow, you got an Alexa Pure in your fridge now. That? Congratulations. You're welcome. This is fantastic for that. Yes. And so much cheaper than doing it through bottled water. You know, you can buy those cases of bottled water every time, and they go really fast. Or you can get this. You pay once, and you're done. And it, and it removes, uh, reduces up to 99.9% of 92 different contaminants found in tap water. It makes it clear. Makes it clean. Makes it delicious. Yeah, and by the way, you could, put your, you could pour your bottled water into this, and it's going to improve. Uh, that's how oh, good the filter sure. is in this thing. It's the top of the mm-hmm. line. I mean, really, you can't do better than that. Um, and uh, you know, you don't have to have uh, spend all the money on bottled water. Uh, it's a great, it's a great uh, little device, and they spent years and years and years on it because they actually had it. I mean, they had it better than the typical <laughs> big brands uh, that are in the grocery stores. They had it better than that two years. Ago. They didn't release it. They waited, but they wanted to make it even. Yeah. Even yeah. more incredible uh, than it already was, and they, they did. And now it's uh, ready for you. So order yours at getalexapure.com, getalexapure.com, or call 888-895-7746. That's 888-895-7746. Welcome back. 888-727-BECK is the uh, phone number. Happy birthday, Bobby Bonilla uh, today. He's uh, 54 years old, uh, former Mets Pirates baseball player. Also, the Marlins, right? Um, reason that's notable is that uh, he is still in the. He's 54 years old, still being paid by the New York Mets. That's uh, that's a good contract. I wow. love this contract. Jeez. I love every time this pops up. I love doing it. But it's uh, 
uh, $1.193 million a year, um, and he's 54 now. He will receive that payment every year on July 1st until he's 72 years old. You've so got to be kidding me. he still has 18 years left on this deal. <laughs> it's <laughs> the most amazing thing. That ah. is... What happened there? I can't so, remember. I mean, I know that is the case. Yeah. And every year it comes up. And every year it's shocking. And every year you're like, <laughs> what the hell? And then you remember the story. I can't remember how it began, though. Right. So he well, uh, has signed a big deal. They wanted to, uh, they wanted to uh, get out of it. So they, uh, they had... Um, they, they did this. The Mets went through a big period, and they did this with Brett Saberhagen, if you will, a great pitcher from uh, back in the day. Yeah. Um, uh, where they wanted to do deferred contracts. The reason is interesting in that they were making so much money on their investments uh, that they believed they could just give you know five percent interest on these contracts, space them out over a long period of time, and they'd actually make money. Mm-hmm. The problem was the way they were making so much money on their investments was they were investing with an interesting man by the name of Bernie Madoff. <laughs> That's right. um, yeah. So they had dumped all huh. their money into Madoff, and they were making 20% a year. And they're like, well, if we put 5% interest, we're going to make a fortune on these contracts. Mm-hmm. Why pay them now when we can dump that money into Madoff and make all the money over, over this long period of time? So they spaced out these contracts over 30 years. Um, and uh, mm. so they're just – some, you know, some of them, I think, even longer. Um, so every year now, Bobby Bonilla gets yeah. a, a payment of how much? $1.2 million until he <laughs> – and they only owed him – uh, six uh, million dollars. So that was in the, for the 2000 season. They no longer wanted to. They no longer wanted them. They negotiated with the agent to attach an eight percent annual interest rate to that money. With the clock starting in 2000, adds up to 29.8 million. So they only they only owed them six. They're paying them 30, um, but <laughs> they didn't have to pay them until 2011. So they thought they'd make all this money back in interest. It would be no big deal. Well, the Madoff thing fell through, and now they're still paying them. How all sweet the way is that for Bonilla? That's awesome. It's awesome. I love stories like that. I love <laughs> stories like that. All right, we're running super late. Let's take a break. Triple eight seven twenty seven. Beck is the uh, phone number. We'll back with more in a second. Mm. I'd like that deal. Yes, I'll take that Me deal. Too. We actually signed Jeffy to a deal similar to that. It was uh, in the year twenty one seventy. He starts getting a dollar per year, and it lasts for two years. At the time, it sounded great. Some stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us, so we don't have to talk anymore. Just time for a couple of a uh, couple of quick stories. First, let's start with Matt Damon. Well, we touched on actors uh, the other day. Matt Damon, uh, star of uh, The Great Wall, mm. uh, now uh, in it a made over nine dollars and fifty cents in, in a recent week. interview uh, with People Magazine. Mm-hmm. I am not a believer in walls. Uh, Matt Damon. So no walls, no guns. I believe that history belongs to the cooperators, and nor am I of mind that Mexico is going to pay for our infrastructure any more than we're going to pay for their highways. You know what I mean? Yes, actually, he's right on that. (laughs) He is right on that. (laughs) It's about the only thing he's ever been right on, but he is right about that. And uh, also we have, uh, we talked a little bit on radio today about uh, Kermit Gosnell, uh, the abortion uh, killer, the baby serial killer. Yeah, he uh, yep. is in prison, but he wrote a letter to uh, saying that Will Smith, please help me, Will, because I gave birth to you. Well, he, well, didn't, he didn't give, he, <laughs> give I, birth. He delivered. He delivered. Well, same yes. thing, but and, he could have killed him at any time. We have no idea if that's actually true, but that's what he, he wrote in a letter to Phelan, or to Will Smith, and it was discovered by Phelan McAleer, who's been on the show yeah. before, uh, did a great documentary on the natural gas uh, business. And his uh, new documentary on Gosnell is coming out. In fact, he's debuting mm-hmm. it at CPAC this oh, wow. week. Oh, yeah. America's biggest serial killer, Gosnell. The doctor is in. Oof. The doctor is Man. sin. 
Oh yeah. Uh, oh. See what he did there? Oh yeah. I did. See what he did? See what he did yeah, there? It's uh, pretty, pretty close to uh, true there, right? Uh, you <laughs> know that. Uh, amazing. All right. Uh, back with more in just a second. So, uh, this is pretty epic. Pat and Stu, triple eight seven two seven back, and our friend Jeffy right over there. Boo! Yuck. <laughs> um, who yeah. was the guy? What was the guy's name that did uh, the dating game that used to do that? What was his <gasps> name? Uh, Remember not Chuck Woolery? No, no, Chuck didn't do that. Uh, no, it wasn't Chuck Woolery. I get him confused with Jim. Jim. It was Jim something, wasn't it? Yeah. Dating. Jim something. Anyway, that's what he. He used to have the big. Um, so I don't know where you want to go here. There's so many stories that I really like today. I, I love this uh-huh. Huffington Post story. Okay. And you mo- not a lot of people say that. I love this Huffington Post story. But this is about someone who works at Huffington Post, so it's, you might actually like well, it as well. Well, didn't she, uh, like their lifestyle reporter or whatever, yeah. she won a marathon. Yeah, like sure. a half marathon. Yeah. Pretty impressive, Which right? Which is super impressive. Yeah, she in, mm-hmm. in Miami, uh, blazed across the finish line uh, last week's Fort, Fort Lauderdale half marathon. Oh, she took second. Okay. Second, uh, yeah, that's right. Um, one hour, 21 minutes. Really good for a half marathon. Yeah. Really good. Really yeah. good. Um, professional uh, New York food bloggers blistering six-minute, 15-second fif- mile pace. Really impressive. Earned her uh, second place among uh, the thousands who raced. Um, she, her name is uh, Jane Sow. She uh, paraded around uh, the finish line while grinning, gripping a gaudy medal. Her pace, it turns out, uh, too good to be true. What? What do you mean? She's now been disqualified. <laughs> Uh, why? Because she was too fast. <laughs> yeah, too oh fast. my gosh. Yeah, unbelievable. Because she, she's a woman, and somebody has deemed the fact that women don't run that fast, so they disqualified her. So, that is unbelievable. Yeah, I know. Not quite. No. Uh, suspicions arose almost immediately after she, uh, she's 24, by the way, writes regularly for the Huffington Post. Uh, Cross the finish line. Um, race timer Josh Stern quickly noted that her timing chip logged unusually fast miles of the second half of the race. Because hmm. usually the second half of a half marathon is where you might slow down. Well, that's a fact. She, she's that's a fact. Man, the second half would drag you down, man. That's when you gotta. <laughs> that's when you just gotta suck it up and keep going. You're you're oh, drawing man. on all your experience. Oh man, running half, half oh. marathons. Well, full thirteen marathon. miles. Full marathon. Yeah. Okay, no, I see. Yourself. Full I marathon. see. That's what. But the the sure. back half. I mean. Yeah, it's tough. Mm. Tough is man. It? That's when you gotta. Okay. Mm-hmm. Endurance. No, I've had enough of this. <laughs> Uh, still we're clear. I've had enough of you acting as if you've ever exercised. Okay, I've, I've come to my, my wit's end. You've never that. walked 26 feet, let alone <laughs> run 26 miles. Come on. Come on. Uh, so um, so they, they looked at they said, wait a minute, this doesn't look right. Um, runners usually slow down instead of dramatically speed up in the second half. They confronted her, um, but she said uh, she, com- she somehow talked him into keeping, this is the p- people organizing the race, talked him into keeping uh, the race time. After the race, someone tipped off Derek Murphy, a business analyst by day, who has become the world's best internet sleuth 
at busting cheating runners. There's a job for everybody, man. Yeah, no really, kidding. There's no something for her. Um, he began digging into the time and soon came across a prime piece of evidence, a photo of her at the finish line mm-hmm. that clearly showed her race-tracking Garmin watch. He enlarged the photo, which showed the watch master time of one hour and 22 minutes, but also showed she had only covered 11.65 miles, not the, what is it, 13.1 you'd need for a half marathon. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Nearly two miles short of the full race. Uh, And and they actually have the evidence of that, which is hilarious. Murphy also posted the math uh, on what the mile-by-mile splits would have been. So for the 10K, she did uh, did, uh, 44.22 which was a 7.09 pace, 7 minutes, 9 seconds for a mile. In the, uh, for the rest of the race, she did it at a 5.25 pace. Oh, wow. Now, you don't cut off a minute and a half off your pace in the no. second half of a half marathon. That does not occur. Yeah, I mean, if she could run that a thousand times, she wouldn't run the five-minute uh, mile in, in the first half Probably of couldn't run one five-minute mile, no. right? I no. mean, 5.25 is a damn uh-uh. good pace. You for don't cut a minute and a half off of your mile time. No. What's you the don't. all-time record? Right under four minutes? I mean, it's, yeah. you know, so uh, pretty impressive. Um, um, so they, she posts her, her race results. This is how, how deep. And this should remind you next time you think you look at some of, like, someone like, I don't know, maybe her articles on Huffington Post. Right, remind you of right. to doubt uh, some articles there. Um, so she posts her activities on a website. You know, you can post, this is what I ran today. Um, she later in the day posted mile-by-mile records of her traversing the entire 13.1 miles, most of which um, was along Fort Lauderdale Beach. Um, the problem, though, was uh, it seemed like she might have been biking it. They go back and uh, learn. Here's her uh, answer. What she had did is afterwards, to cover her tracks, she biked the same course and then uploaded it to this website to make it look like this is what she did and tried to time it out to match the time. Um, she actually, wow. wound up, uh, after being caught, not before, after being caught, admitted uh, that she did do this. Uh, here's what she said. I made a horrible choice in the Fort Lauderdale Half Marathon on Sunday. I wasn't feeling well, so I cut the course and headed to the finish line. Oh, that's okay then. I got swept away in the moment and pretended I ran the entire course when, in fact, I cheated and should have disqualified myself. Even worse, not only did I steal the award from the true well-deserved runner's finishers, but it also proceeded to bike the course afterwards with my GPS watch to cover my wrongdoings. What an idiot I was. As I admit to my foolishness, I am extremely ashamed. I, I sincerely apology, and so it's written, for bringing negativity out of the running community that I truly admire and respect. I take full credit for the mistake without any, current, uh, without any excuses and will face the consequences. I am so sorry, everyone. Uh, well, I mean, what are the consequences? I mean, nothing, right? Right. I, mean, right. I just like the fact that she... No, no, I, I know that, and yeah. I get it. And it proves, it shows a pattern, right? I mean, that's who we're, who's doing articles on uh, certain websites. Will she get fired at Huffington Post? Probably no. not. I mean, it's not even her area of, of what she does, right? right. I yeah. mean, I, it's just, I, I, the two things I found kind of interesting about that is, A, the lengths she went to. To cover for, up. Again, mm-hmm. she, not right. only did she not get punished, but she also didn't get anything out of it. So it's she actually like she won a million dollars. She ran 11 miles, right? Yeah. And then she cut the course. She just walked. Walk, ran two miles. Yeah, she took two miles off. Right? somewhere and took two miles off and then pretended like she ran. So, if you look at the course, it looks like it goes on to like the Fort Lauderdale Beach area, which is, you know, like a strip. And, and it goes around the beach. And mm-hmm. so she must have like gone up and then just cut across instead right. of going around the whole uh, mm-hmm. edge of the course I, you know but it's hard to uh, you know again like what do you get so what you finish second in a half marathon so 
Yeah. I mean, it's not like all we're right. all going to be like, oh my God, she's, you know, make her president. I mean, you know, she didn't get a million dollar prize for it. it it's just, an, you know, it's nice, but why bother, right? Yeah, if, you're, if you don't feel like running the stupid thing, then don't, don't run, it. run it. So what? No one's going to know. Um, but I guess, you know, you get it. So I liked that idea that of her, the lengths she went to to try to cover this, I thought was interesting. And also the fact that there's someone out there who would figure it out. Who, yeah. like, right. This, this guy who wasn't in this marathon, didn't run against her. Is just looking at pictures of her because and he got tipped off. Why would you even care to why do that kind care? of investigation? It's incredible. Because he's, he's, he's so particular. He wants to make sure that every marathon and half marathon is run properly. Perfectly. I, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, right? Yeah, like, why is. would you care? And it's know. like, you know, we have people like with the Milo thing that happened with another person who's just, you know, on the internet watching old videos of him on a podcast. I mean, that's how we got the, what's his face from Obamacare, right? Yeah, the Obamacare thing as well. We'll listen to the to this show who was uh, pissed I mean, off. Thank God yeah, but that's, that's a little more important. Yeah, those are big things. You know, this that's is a freaking race. That, yeah, who cares about yeah. the Fort Lauderdale half, half marathon? Mm. Anyway, there's a um, uh, the first manned hover bike mm. could finally uh, fulfill your Star Wars dreams. Russian drone building startup has uh, just dropped some crazy new video showing the closest thing we've seen to the return of the Jedi's famous vehicles. Um, I this is fairly easy to fake. I, I'm always leery of these things, okay. but yeah. I haven't seen this particular one. So let's take a look at the hover bike and see if we believe it. Wow. An actual flying motorcycle. Okay, so it's not exactly Star Wars-esque, but, but it looks like all right. It's kind of cool, though. But like the speeders in Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Well, yeah, but they're 60. not propelled like that. No. But I mean, it's, also, I would feel like your leg's going to get cut off. First fully manned hover bike. Well, that is kind of cool, though. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, actually. <clears throat> Controls the speed and altitude. Prevent potential accidents. Uh, what? <laughs> hover Surf. Created by a Russian company called Hover Surf. Scorpion 3 can hover in place. That, I mean, that that's pretty cool. Like a drone, you can control it remotely. I mean, I, I don't know. You and it's electric? Huh. Another vessel wow. of the future. That's pretty, pretty freaking cool. That's that is. I mean, I like that, and it looks real. Yeah, I think it is real. Looks like it's real. Although, again, I feel like my legs would get cut off doing that. I'd be a little nervous about that because look at those propellers. They they'll they'll slice you pretty badly going at that speed. I gotta assume that they, you would know, you? It, uh, the the commercial version probably has protections for that. But you would still, think so, yeah. uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm very not too cool. concerned about the person riding it. I'm concerned about the other people around. Yeah, you got that, and you also have uh, the idea that you know a drone. I don't know if you have you ever played with one of the, kind of the, the new school sort of Love drones. Them. No, really cool and amazing, honestly. But I mean, you know, you can. They do an incredible job of balancing. Yes, um, they do. But with a person on them, like you could see that they're the, the guy in all of the videos is standing or sitting in that bike the almost the exact same way. I would think balance issues would be a real issue yeah. with that. I mean, if, if your balance gets thrown off uh, or you know something hits one of the blades, you're going down. Yeah. From so I mean, uh, so but I, but it does seem like this sort of thing could actually be a realistic possibility, particularly easily for ATV type fun, right? Um, certainly, I could see that, but like for actual travel, I mean, like that would be great. Yeah, if you could get to work in that, yeah, and avoid traffic. I mean, well, let's say you fantastic. put that put that instead of as a motorcycle as they have it here, you enclose that, 
and you know you have stronger propellers, and that's your flying car right there, right? That's a much easier way of doing yeah. a flying car than yeah. the way they've been trying to do it for so many years. Yeah. Um, so uh, send cool. one to us, Russia. I mean, and we'll talk about it. We're obviously close allies so, now. I mean, send it to us. Looks like it's looks like there's a possible weight limit on it. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be able to use it, obviously. A thousand pounds. How much weight it could. Three thousand pounds. You wouldn't be able to do it, Jeffy. But I mean, a lot of people would. So, uh, how about this uh, airport jacket? It's another tech type of thing that looks pretty fun. It's called the airport jacket, and it's going to try to get a seventy-six thousand dollars Kickstarter campaign. It's uh, if it's successful, and when it ends in April, you might be able to actually buy this. Uh, This is the uh, this is a jacket. It can hold up to thirty-three pounds of your stuff. Let's watch. This does not look like a positive development. No. So many girls dress like that, too. Oh. Okay, so you can put your computer in okay, the... Okay, are you trying to get us all killed? In the pockets, and then you put it in Roll a it bag. Good to go. We call it the Klebold. Nice. <laughs> Then after you got it through security, you can put it on, and you're all set, I guess. Right? So you got to carry around all that crap? Yeah. That would be heavy. I'm not buying it. Plus, I hate doing that. Uh, I'm thinking it, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna go no on that one. Yeah, me too. I mean, I get it. I, I, uh, it's stupid because it's just imagery, right? Like the imagery there just reminds me of freaking Columbine, and yeah. it's like, you, hey, here's a bunch of extra pockets for you to carry things in, and that doesn't mean it's gonna happen at the airport, but I mean, someone's gonna wear that thing and not go to the airport and fill every pocket. However, when I really think about that rationally, uh, you can easily sew pockets into any jacket, so it really doesn't. Yeah, but they're going to do it for you if you give them some money. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that big of a... It's probably nothing. I would say that I wouldn't buy one is the way I would put it, but, I mean, certainly not something... You, know, you don't ban jackets for having too many pockets. <laughs> but it's still... I, it does... Because it's also that style. It's like that... Yeah. I mean, it does not look like a style that I would say most people wear these days. And then no. it just reminds me of just... It's just like a mass shooting uniform. Yeah, well, I mean, those long rider trench coats are... Pretty rare on the streets in Dallas. Well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I don't, but I mean, it, a little too warm for yeah, that here. Yeah. I, I would say that's probably true. Since it's going to be what eighty-eight today. Yeah, we're going to set a new record, Pat. Uh, you know, I don't, yes. I know. I know. Just the front that's uh, coming through. Uh, I know you don't, uh, Stu. You don't oh, want the weather report, up. but I'm just going to tell you the weather report that uh, you know the record is eighty-six degrees. Oh, uh, we're we probably going to hit uh, above that, maybe ninety to 90 in Fort Worth uh, for the new record today. Good. Mm-hmm. And then no. it's going to. Well, then we're going to have another little. Double little cold front, front. Come through, come. blows in. We get sixty-eight tomorrow, fifty-six on. Uh, but on I mean, I love Saturday. the fact that fifty-six is a cold front. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I know. I that's great. I love it. All right, uh, your current phone carrier probably using money to undermine your beliefs. Eh, you like it or not, that's what they do. They don't ask you, hey, do you mind if we give money to Planned Parenthood? Do you mind if we uh, get your conservative leaders out of office? They don't ask you any. Of those no, questions. they don't. They do what they want with the money you give them. Um, mm-hmm. So why not have that money go to something that you want to support? Uh, Patriot Mobile actually features this service, and it's not just that service because look, you, you want to be able to help your conservative causes, obviously. 
but you also want your phone to work. Uh, Patriot Mobile offers nationwide talk and text with high-speed 4G LTE data at the prices that you're going to want. They're going to lower than a lot of these other guys. And they donate up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. And if you're locked into one of those obnoxious contracts for two stinking years, um, they'll take that care of that, too, with a credit up to $500. And, yes, you can keep your phone number. You can get great nationwide coverage all while supporting conservative values. Call now. Patriot Mobile is going to waive the $35 activation fee, but you have to use the promo code. Don't forget the promo code, Pat and Stu. It's us. It's the show you're watching. You should really remember it. It's not that big of a deal. That just hit me. Huh. Really? Is that where that came from? Yeah, that's that's the source. (laughs) Uh, Patriot Mobile. Dot com slash patents do is the uh, site to go to. PatriotMobile.com slash patents do. The promo code is also patents do. So it's really easy to remember. Or call them at 800 a patriot. It's 800 a patriot. 888727 Beck. It's patents do. You know, a lot of people haven't heard of uh, some of our founding fathers, like Blaine. Our founding father, Blaine. A lot Blaine? of people don't know about him. Yeah, Blaine. Yeah, I've never heard of Founding what's... father, Blaine. You don't know? Oh, you're so stupid. Is that his he, name? That's his he, first yeah, name yeah, or his yeah. last? Blaine. I mean, he's just a one name. It's like Madonna. Okay. They just call him Blaine because everybody knew him. <laughs> really? Because yeah. I've never heard of Blaine yeah. as a founding father. And Bob. Bob and Blaine are Bob the two, and Blaine? two kind of forgotten, lesser known founding fathers. For some reason, a lot of people haven't studied up on him. Really? Uh, but fortunately, uh, Glenn investigated some of these guys. <laughs> Is Bar- Bob I'm and not Blaine. sure if Bob and Blaine are part of this. Hmm. But uh, here's the ones who find out. Yeah, we're going to check it out. (laughs) So his signature is really the one that sticks out at me. I mean, always has stuck out at me. The ones that, that I've always noticed, John Hancock, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, for the obvious reasons, and Steve Hopkins, Stephen Hopkins, because... He looks really old, yeah, or terribly afraid. Let, let me. Show but I would you. imagine it was his age. Is that? We've got a document in here from Stephen Hopkins somewhere. I there don't it is. See that's, it. that's it. That's it right here. Stephen Hopkins. All right. Look at his signature there, and look at it there. Yeah. So this looks. I mean, this looks it's like Stephen. I mean, Stephen Hawking. I mean, it looks like somebody and, who's really ill. And he was late in life. He apparently had what they called palsy, which maybe is Parkinson's, maybe is a stroke. And it is said that when he signed his name on the declaration, he, he was kind of frozen over here. And so he dips it, took this hand, put it up there, and forced his hand to sign. With that, and which is a little wow. commitment on his part. Anybody else? Hey, you had a stroke. You don't have to come. You know. And so, whether that's exactly why it was a palsy, was it stroke? But the the word was that he had to force his hand to sign that. Yeah, because there's several, that's a patriot, man. He picks it up every after every letter, and in some letters, it's takes it's taken him several yeah. strokes. Now, this is from back in the right before the French and Indian yeah, War. Yeah, this is 1754. But he's one of the guys that was a patriot when he was a British governor, and he was a patriot after after we signed. My dear, is this to his wife? Do you know? Have this, we looked no. into these? No, again, we haven't seen. Okay, so, it. my dear, while I am uh, while I am here employed in the drudgery of the following vice and something, through the lurking places of craft and design, maybe craft and design, you are peacefully perfuming the path of peace 
and contemplating the pursuing loss, the path of peace. Path of peace. That's that S again. That, oh, that yeah, German yeah. kind of S. Uh, and contemplating the laws and the something of heaven. Laws and designs of heaven. Wow, this is a cool letter. That's I wonder, a cool letter. We got to do some research on this letter and find out what it is too. That that's really great. So he's off working somewhere, wishes he was where she was at. So it's, I don't know what it is. Beautiful. Could Nobody they, writes this way anymore. Nobody yeah. writes that way. No. But LOL. They. <laughs> thank you very much. They actually had an education back yeah. then. This one is an ironic kind of letter. George Wythe is the guy who trained Thomas Jefferson. He was with William and Mary. And he was. An attorney, right? He was an attorney. He was a brilliant, brilliant attorney. Jefferson went to him because Jefferson, he kind of doing the Socratic thing, Jefferson went to him because he was the most brilliant man. You didn't have law schools back then. You had internships. You had apprentices. And he was the most brilliant man Jefferson could find. And and he's the guy that taught Jefferson a lot of what Jefferson knew, right? right? And said, was the guy was like original sources and here's you, right. here's how you really dig in. So George With, With, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, With. George With um, is actually a huge, hugely important figure in huge. education, isn't he? Well, he was a prophet at William and Mary. I mean, he's huge in a lot of ways, but he's an ironic story. They had slavery in Virginia and he actually, he was anti-slavery. But he's part of a slave law that says blacks are not allowed to testify in court. Well, he's got a little bit of money, and his nephew wants it. His nephew poisoned George with and killed him. The only person that saw it was a black lady in the house, but she's not allowed to testify in court because of the law he helped pass. Oh, my so gosh. So ne- nephew kind of gets away with murder. Murder, ultimately. literally. Yeah, that's a story that, that goes with, with wow. him. Wow. That's a great story. <laughs> we got to dig into that some more. That's, that's worth telling. You got that. Here's Charles Carroll of Carrollton. Um, now, this is, oh, this Carrollton is... Carrollton County? Uh, Carrollton everything. Yeah, yeah okay. there's so many. Now, he's the final surviving signer of the Declaration. At this point, uh, he died in 30... He's in 25. This is when only three signers of the Declaration are left alive, him and Adams and Jefferson. And we're just about seven months away from Adams and Jefferson dying. He will be the last surviving signer. That's why his handwriting is is, is rough here. Um, but saying it's rough is relative. Well, oh, that's yeah, still better penmanship yeah, than most people we know. Ninety-nine percent of the people that are alive today. So uh, he is in Baltimore, Carrollton County. I remember I lived in the district and his, of Columbia. His house so is still people can still visit his house. And that's there. in Maryland. It's in Maryland. Maryland. And he's the wealthiest guy in America. And he lived in a rural part of Maryland, and when he died, he took his money and he permanently endowed a chapel for preaching, uh, preaching Christian faith because he said, people here don't have no money to pay for tithes. We can't get a priest out here because there's not enough money. I'll give it all my money. and uh, Not all of his money. He took a lot of his money and, and made that. So, and it, he signs it. He always signs Charles Carroll of Carrollton. But, all right, so this guy lives to be 95 years old. Do you know what the average life of the signer was at the time they signed the declaration? Not life of the signer. Average American lifespan like at the time. Like 36 or 38 or something, wasn't no, it? No, it's way too optimistic. How 33. 33. 33 was the average lifespan in America at the time of signed He was a dinosaur. He was, he was Methuselah in the American Well, and, and a lot of that had to do with also it was such a high attrition rate for young people. So they said if you could live past your teenage years, right. you could live a long time. You know, you have the, the Franklins and people that live a long and time. And whooping cough. But yeah, you, you had to have I don't body. think you would want I mean, I know... I know what it felt like when I turned 50. All of a sudden, you're like, ow! 
I mean, without aspirin, without anything, yeah. oh. he was a grumpy man. Or he should have been. Because <laughs> he was like, I, my right arm for a Tylenol. Who's got a Tylenol? I can't imagine what it was like well, with no anesthesia. Well, one of you guys invented Tylenol. Yeah, get, I know. I've got Give the me. money invented. I know they're going to do it one day. Now. I need one now. William Packer, Maryland. Uh, Benjamin Harris. Oh, Benjamin Harris from Virginia. His son became president of the United States. Ninth president. He's a, his son became the shortest-lived president of the United States. Lived is this the one that, days. This is the one that was big mouth and gave his inaugural address out in the cold for two so hours. Long? Two hours. Frigid cold. Refused to wear a jacket or a cap. Killed him. So That's amazing. <laughs> didn't didn't amazing. last long. Not this, as smart as dad. But his dad's a signer of the deck. Yeah. So. Then you've got this is uh, from this is William Eldery. He's from Rhode Island. Oh, Whipple. We got to get Whipple. Where's Whipple? We have in here? not even. See if you can find Whipple. In we that have gym. not even read any of these. No. We just now got let a, me explain we this. Just got it in. One of the reasons why. We are getting like this, you know, this was $200 was the opening bid. I don't know what we got it for. Some of, sometimes opening okay. bids. I think the opening bid for the flag that we have was <laughs> 10000 and went for 400, 400 and, yeah. yeah. So sometimes the opening bids are wrong. But the reason, one of the reasons why, not just to personalize, but if you can get all of the signers, if you can get oh. any document with the signature of all the signers, it goes from a... You know, five hundred thousand dollar collection to a five million dollar yeah. collection because nobody has them all together. Button Gwinnett is extremely rare, as is Arthur Middleton. But we have—I mean, just what we had in the last week—we have so many of these guys. How many do we have? Uh, we probably have right now about forty of these guys. I think at, at Wall Builders we've got like fifty-one or fifty-two of them. And how um, many signers are there? Fifty-six on the deck. 55 attend the Constitutional Convention and 39 sign it. This one. This is one for you. Um, why don't you pull it out and look on the back side? Tell me who you got. Oh, uh, Whipple. William Whipple. Jeremy. This is say? this is original toilet paper. Mr. <laughs> Whipple, right oh, here. No. That's what this is. Yeah. yeah. Well, there is Mr. Whipple, and there is Mr. That's Whipple right there. Prince Whipple, though. That's Prince Whipple. That's Prince Whipple is, correct me if I'm wrong, the slave, if you will, of George Washington, the, the partner of George Washington. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was technically a there slave, was, but... Well, not, not really. What, what happened was he's the slave to William Whipple, and William Whipple is going off to war. He's now been made a general. He's going to war. He's got Prince with him. He says, Prince, I hope you'll fight like a man. And Prince says, you know, I could fight like a man if I were fighting as a free man. And Whipple says, that's right. You're free. It never crossed his mind he wasn't free because in the New England area, slaves were not treated like they were in the South, more of a part of the family. And so, so when he served Washington, he was a free man. He was freed by William Whipple. Signer that. And see, wow. that's one of the guys who say, oh, the founding fathers, founding fathers owned slaves. Wait a minute, he freed slaves. And it was, it was William who said... You know, if I was a free man, I would fight stronger for my freedom. I, you're not free. You're free now. I mean, it's just one of those things. Like we, we don't even think about how it was. Now, South is different. South, you know, you're talking property yeah. here. In, in the New England area, it was like part of the family. So that's, that's William Whipple. This one. We'll get to it in a minute. Okay. 
he, he just he goes on and on and on. I he just eventually have to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what happens. Hi and welcome. It's Pat and Stu. Oh. Apparently, there's ten people who have misplaced their Oscars. Uh oh. Oopsie daisies. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know if that's if they really misplaced them, um, or did they just not care about them, and did they just, you know, Angelina Jolie, for instance. Um, I, I didn't even know she had an Oscar, but apparently she does. Um, she she won it for okay, best supporting actress. Girl Interrupted, right? Girl Interrupted, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Um, she planted a kiss on her brother and made the I world remember. wrinkle their noses. <laughs> That's, that was a weird moment. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Then she went on stage, collected a Best Supporting Actress uh, award. She later presented the trophy to her mom. The statuette may have been boxed up and put into storage with the rest of the belongings the mom had when she died in 2007, but it hasn't surfaced yet. I didn't actually lose it, she said, but nobody knows where it is at the moment. Somehow, Whoopi it's Goldberg weird. won an Oscar. Uh, she what, won it for Ghost? Best Supporting Actress for Ghost. Yeah. Um, the Academy sent the Oscar to a company in Chicago, uh, Ch- Chicago that manufactures the trophies. When it arrived, the package was empty. No one knows exactly what happened yet. Uh, um, she eventually, I guess, oh, excuse me, she, she later found it at a trash can. This is bizarre. So I guess stolen and then put in a trash can, but it was later found in the trash can. They got it back to Whoopi. If and she you says, stole it, why would you put it in a trash can? Maybe you just the heat. Weird. Too much heat, right, maybe. Jeffy? Isn't that what happens with when you ha- when you conduct a criminal act? You just act? get scared. Yeah, and you're like, crap. What do I do? Like the guy we were talking about this with the guy who had the billion dollars of gold. Mm-hmm. Like there's probably yeah, right. a, t- a temptation right. to just like I don't know, just leave it somewhere and get the hell out of the area mm-hmm. and just hope no one knows. You know, because maybe yeah. keep a little bit. Keep not after you stole it though. I mean, you got to keep some of it. I guess, I I guess you're right. Plus, Whoopi is the only one. Whoopi is the one, you know, uh, has... No, don't uh, say all it. No, don't say it. <laughs> don't, don't say Don't say it. Because there's an acronym for it, right? Don't there's say a, it. There's a name for it. It's because uh, she won an Oscar. No, I know. Grammy. I know. Uh, Tony. Uh, Tony. And an Emmy. And an Emmy. Don't so do it's it. like... What is it, Jeffy? Go ahead, do it. Do it. Stu told me I couldn't say EGOT. <laughs> EGOT. That's what it is. You when I know I, it's coming. As an EGOT winner, I <laughs> know everything. That was Because uh, I won an EGOT. That's she right. made that point on TV. She, she did. She did. As an EGOT winner. winner. <laughs> Ugh. Shut up. <laughs> EGOT. <laughs> I got your EGOT right here. <laughs> Olympia Dukakis, she won for Moonstruck. Uh, it was stolen oh, from her home in 1989. I forgot about that movie. That's really good. You don't yeah. like it? You don't like Snap it. Snap out of it. Yeah, I remember it. Kind of. I like it. Uh, for $78, uh, she could get it replaced, um, and so she did. <laughs> $78 for She agreed Oscar, it was a it? fair price. Yeah, I would say for 78 bucks, I might get one. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, yeah, Because they, I mean, they 3D yeah. print them. Right? Really? And then they, Not 1989, uh, they weren't 3D printing no, them. No, they weren't. Now, Marlo Brandon. Uh, or <laughs> Marlo? Marlon Brandon. Mar- Marlon Brando. Brandon. Is that related to Marlon Brando? <laughs> Weird. No, no, no. relation. Oh, okay. Strangely. <laughs> Marlon Brando says, uh, I don't know what happened to the Oscar they gave me for On the Waterfront. Uh, Brando wrote that in his autobiography. He said, somewhere in the passage of time, it disappeared. He didn't know what happened to the Oscar. That he uh, had 
Seishin Littlefeather, except for him in 1973 right. either. Boy, that was a big deal at the time. Yeah, that was huge. That was huge. It was a weird deal because he didn't actually... I don't think he turned it down, right? No, but he, did he not. sent her to accept it. And then I, I can't remember if did she say some Native yes, American yes. thing? And and uh, so anyway, the Motion Picture Academy may have sent it to me, but if it did, I don't know where it is now. <laughs> it's interesting. These people just don't care about the most important award. They in their don't business. care as much as we don't care, right? Uh, which is kind of interesting. So why is anybody doing this? Don't why don't they stop doing it? <laughs> stop the awards immediately. Uh, Jeff Bridges uh, won an Oscar uh, for Crazy Heart. I don't even remember that movie. 2010. Um, but he lost uh, it in the year uh, between 2010 and 2011. He was up for another one in 2011. God, Jeff Bridges? I didn't realize he won yeah, this many awards. That's amazing. Uh, but he uh, he lost for the King's Speech, which was really good. Did you see it? Colin see? Firth was good in King's Speech. He was speech. really good in that. Yeah. Um, and uh, we have not... It's been a few places since last year, but we haven't seen it for a while now. I'm hoping it will turn <clears throat> up. Good luck on that. Uh, Colin Firth, perhaps Jeff Bridges, secretly cursed the British actor as he said those words because Firth nearly left his new trophy on a toilet tank the very night he received it. <laughs> after a night of cocktails at the Oscar after parties in 2011, Firth allegedly had to be chased down by a bathroom attendant who had found the eight-pound statue in the bathroom stall. Wow. Shortly after those reports surfaced, Firth's uh, rep issued a statement saying the story is completely untrue, though it did give us a good laugh. So, Bathroom attendant, by the way, uh, the job listed in Jeffy's yearbook for goals. Oh, wow, really? Mm-hmm. That's pretty lofty That's not a bad you. gig. That's a lofty goal a for you, gig. Jeffy. A bathroom I mean, attendant? You're shooting that too high. That is not Come on. a bad gig. You're probably not going to ever get there, but you that's get to a, wear, You get to wear a uniform? You're good smelling for you. you jobs you where you smell poop all day is not a good job. No, you don't smell poop all day. You keep, the bathroom <laughs> smells. you got air fresheners and stuff. You get to wear a uniform. You get to stay. You get to wear a uniform. You get to wear a uniform. You get to hang out in one room all day. You don't have to move around. You throw people a washcloth. And oh, and, and is, is there any patron in any establishment in history that wants the bathroom attendant? Is there has there ever been a person who's like, gosh, thank God, that guy's there to hand me that paper towel, <laughs> so I can tip so, him. So I can tip him three dollars uh, for handing me a freaking paper towel. Or normally, what happens is you, of course, don't have any singles, so then it's a five, mm-hmm. you have a five dollar bill to give me a freaking paper towel. No. Well, and I then mean, what if we you have to go? We will to- do more if you ask. Like what? Are, are a spritz of a cologne the opposite of the cologne you're wearing? Oh, thanks. So I can have two colognes on. Oh, oh that's what what it was. Smells good though. No, it doesn't, Jeff. It smells good. Stop. Why are you? See, this is his goal. He was really defending this. I mean, I understand why, if you're a bathroom attendant, you do these things to get tips, right? I understand why, if you're a person in the bathroom, you got to keep the bathroom um, clean. Why, when you're as you're leaving, right? You know, but again, like the tip part of it is what's irritating because, like, I don't, I never have, an, I never have small bills. You know, you know, you have twenties. That's what comes out of the ATM. They stay in there for like the next year. And then I buy everything on credit card. Right. So like I don't, I never have any anything other than usually. I've a argued. In fact, uh, the last uh, bathroom attendant job I had, I argued for a long time. I wanted a card reader uh, for tips, but uh, they said no. <laughs> that was the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back right there. Too. <laughs> You're I out left. of the industry forever. But it, what is the argument for the restaurant? Because the restaurant just annoys all of its patrons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I get why the bathroom attendant might make tips. I get yeah, why. Is the- there anybody that's going to the hotel manager or the restaurant manager and saying, hey, dude, you got to have an attendant in there? I need somebody to hand me the I paper towel. I, I need that. Why? 
Why? I, it's never like, happened in Madden. If you want someone to clean shine. it. Yeah, but no one clean. wants a shoe shine when they're going to the bathroom in the middle of a meal. <laughs> no one stops like, give me a shoe shine. That never, this never occurs. <laughs> this isn't a thing. A shoe shine is usually a separate thing. I don't and, find that a lot in a bathroom. No. And again, it's usually a longer uh, meal if, you, if you're at a, a nicer restaurant that might have this, which means you might have to go to the bathroom multiple times. So then are you tipping multiple times? You could, yes. Conceivably, you could. Yes. I mean, that's... Uh, come on. Come on. It's ridiculous. That's why Jeffy I, I, seeks after the job so much. Other people that have apparently lost mm. their Oscars, Matt Damon, Margaret O'Brien, Bing Crosby, and Hatt- Hattie McDaniel. So there you go. Okay. Uh, all right. So we talked about uh, King's Speech. Should we do a King Arthur trailer here? Yes, I want to see this. King Arthur. I want to see this. I love King Arthur sword. stories. I loved really? uh, I'm not um, Excalibur. Great movie. And uh, we'll see what this one's like. Here it is. My wife loves these movies. What the? Now tell me story. Tell me every detail. I woke up. From where? From a nightmare. What was it about? Then? Then, me and the lads took care of their business. Hold up, hold up, back up. You've left something out. Are you writing a book? They all lived happily ever after. No, they didn't either. Because for the first time, there's something you don't know. Something nobody told you. Sort of. Guy Ritchie. You wanted to prophecy. Best this old. is your prophecy. Young man came from hunting, faint and weary. I know what kind of a man you are. What is that, my lord, my dearie? I know your story. Behold! The man who pulled sword from stone. I'm not getting drawn into this mess. There's an army of you. There's only one of me. I'll talk. I'm happy to talk. But there is no way that I am fighting. Well, the opposite happened. Yeah. He Liar. is fighting. I mean, he lied. Why did he lie like that? And they show him lying right in the trailer. Born to be king. This looks, you know, interesting. Yeah. Kind of. Same story. There's big elephants in it. I mean, you can't lose. You know what happens now. You're quickly becoming a legend. King Arthur. I mean, that looked good. Legend Uh, of the sword. Yeah, it looked pretty good. Sadly, it violates my timeline rule. Uh, yeah, I know that. As you know, I know that. I will not watch movies that happened before World War II. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's I a mean, weird rule. Anything, this movie happens like today. It's... Anything, anything that happens before World War II. I don't know what the exact. It's not a, a hard fast rule, um, but it's a it's a principle of mine. Mm-hmm. It's like a. It's think of it as like a Democrat principle. They'll stick by it until it's convenient. <laughs> okay. Until you see some reason to disavow right. that principle um, and I, yeah. go against it. 
Um, like for, <laughs> I won't do that. All right, let's go to break. Triple H. I, know. I, I wanted to do the same thing. <laughs> I, well, I it's because you emailed it I to me earlier. Do the same thing. It's your fault. <laughs> uh, you don't know what the joke is, and you never will. Back in just a moment. It's <laughs> such a jerk. It's you. It's your fault. <laughs> I almost did it, Richard. <laughs> Uh, we have a uh, cereal today on spoons, yes. and let me just get it out of the way. You not gonna come with this milk, okay? So there you go. Took care of it for yeah, you. There you go. You uh, not gonna come with that milk. So and it's true. Yes, uh, your milk on. goes good with blueberry pancakes crunch. Look yes, uh, and I will say uh, I like I like the cereals that we do on the radio show. Uh, there's a lot of good history. This is the one I'm excited about today, though. Right here. Blueberry, Blueberry pancake, pancake crunch, crunch from That's Captain Crunch. Unbelievable. Who uh, thought of such a thing? Uh, what well, a country. I'd assume the captain or the captain. What a country this is. Are you going to try it with without milk first? No. Because it's pretty good. Um, oh. What do you mean I it's pretty it good? Is. I mean, it looks pretty good. Oh, let me take this, the, sna- the smell <laughs> first. It smells like bl- like blueberry pancakes are almost like a yeah, blueberry muffin. Yeah, blueberry Let's muffin. Let's try them dry first. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it tastes like blueberry pancakes, but... Mm. Kind of. I'm kind of in, I think. Hold on. Mm. Seriously, we do need some milk on that bad boy. Mm-hmm. Right. You knew, I knew you'd try to... Milk! He's mixing okay. it up a little bit here. So you got... It's interesting what you have here. If I could highlight this a little bit. Again, mm-hmm. we, do, we, we dealt with the Pringles dusting process a little bit uh, the other day. Mm-hmm. Look at this Look at this spoonful right here. Now you got... If I, I'm trying to tilt it a little bit uh, towards you. Uh, it's hard to do because all the milk in there. Um, there you go. So you've got you've got here. You got the the blue ones. You obviously see there's a blue situation. You've got the the normal like I guess yellowish ones. And then you got a lot of these sort of like in betweens. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like the blue the blue dye that they're putting on there, which I'm sure is fully natural. May I hazard a theory mm-hmm. about the different colored yeah. little crunchy things? Mm. They all taste exactly the same. Yes. <laughs> I think we got the Fruit Loops thing going on. Exactly the same flavor. Mm-hmm. Though I what will say, what kind of scam is that? What are they trying to perpetrate on the American people here? I gotta say it; these are freaking good. These I'm, are good. I am a fan. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; delicious. I'm a big fan of these. I'm just really hungry today too, so maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. But I'd eat these, Jeffy. I haven't had any yet, except for the dry. Hold on. Okay, Jeffy's gonna have some. I will say, mm. my flavor. You know, it's not a powerful blueberry taste. It does have Mm-mm. that blueberry. I think that blueberry pancake, maybe blueberry muffin, might have been a, a little bit better description. But I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with the blueberry pancake vibe on that. There's not there's not a syrupy vibe, mm. vibe though. I will say. So it's not it's not blueberry pancakes with syrup. No. It's more of just like the blueberry pancake if you were to eat it without syrup, mm-hmm. which of course is still delicious because pancakes are you know one of the greatest foods ever invented. I guess I'm having trouble. Finding the pancakey taste here because my pancakes don't crunch. So, well, crunch isn't a taste, Pat. <laughs> no, but it's a texture, and that's no, a it is. big part. It's a big of part the of experience. eating. Uh, they smell great. Uh, they are. In they the, do smell good. Now, I'm, uh, let me. This is something just to talk oh, you know, directly to the Captain Crunch people um, mm-hmm. because I know they're big fans of the, the show. Captain. Oh yeah, the Captain himself. I mean. Most of the new varieties of Captain Crunch or Captain Crunch, um, 
they don't have that traditional Captain Crunch shape. And I don't know why you'd abandon that. That's part of Captain mm-hmm. Crunch. It's right. part of the charm. Like, if I'm, if I'm doing this, I'm doing the Captain Crunch shape, the normal one, and then adding in, like, these, like, the Crunch Berries are, where you're adding in some of these. Um, the donut cereal, though, is, again, another sh- different shape, which I love. I love the sprinkled donut. But this is a big hit for me right here. These are good. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think they're pancakey? Muffin. In taste? I think we're, I think we are missing what we I think we are spoiled with blueberry pancakes or pancakes and syrup mm-hmm. and it doesn't have that syrup. That's the point I think. Mm-hmm. No syrup, but I think if you were to eat a blueberry pancake yeah. off the plate with no syrup, it's a pretty good taste for a cereal to to uh, to replicate. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of these. Uh, this is going to be one of my favorite things we've had <coughs> on in a while. On a scale of 1 to 18, which is a scale we've developed for Jeffy because he can't count higher than 18, um, we, uh, I want to give it a 16. I, that was the exact thought I had. Really? 16. 16. That's a high number. 16. Very high number. One of the highest numbers ever. Maybe tied for the highest number ever given on, uh, on a spoon. I episode. gave... Um, I wonder how they're holding up. Yeah, they, they, I will say in the milk, they're getting a little soggy on the quicker side, mm-hmm. I would say. That's the problem with all crunchy cereal like this. you got to eat it fast. Yeah. Because they get soggy fast. They do get a little soggy. What are you going to give this, Jeffy? They're pretty good. That's not the question. Pretty I good. hate you so much. It's a number. It's a scale from 1 to 18. You pick one of the numbers. I don't know why this is such a tough concept to grasp. I'm just rating it. I'm just giving it and saying it's pretty good while I'm thinking of what number I'm going to rate it. And what number are you going to you rate it? You guys both went 16? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Blueberry muffin pancake cereal. We're running out of time. I mean. Or not muffin pancake cereal. It's just blueberry blueberry pancake. I mean, they're good. It's fresh. Whole a milk number! Eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. Don't, give, don't applaud that. But there's no half numbers on this. Eleven and a half. Huh. Hey. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The only thing I have this ever given. This guy is unbelievable. A higher rating this in my memory. Is uh, uh, the chip the red velvet chips ahoy? I did give it oh, seventeen yeah. too. Yeah, you oh, you that. did? Yeah, yeah. Those I really like too. But these are really good. I mean, I would say, you know, one of my, one of my mm-hmm. favorite cereals. Uh, you know, I don't know, sprinkled donut crunch. I really like, but I think that was before we were giving ratings. I definitely that, buy I these. Yeah, me too. And yes. my kids would love them. Yeah, yeah. Wait, why would your kids love them? Because they're but living you, with me again. Wouldn't you be like, <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Wait, oh, wait, you I don't know this too? No. Wait, oh, what did this man. start? Mm-hmm. 